Welcome to this week's message here on Brit David Podcast. Today, we continue our walk through the book of Luke as Pastor Tim shares a message from Luke chapter 7, verses 17 through 30, entitled, The Danger of Doubt. Ever been disappointed in yourself because you know that you should be stronger in your faith in the face of a crisis? I think we all have. Don't be too hard on yourself. Even John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, the one who got to announce Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world when no one else knew it. Even he had his moment with doubt. It's a real danger, and we need to know how to handle such times. Here's Pastor Tim. Thank you very much. You'll be seated. I sure am glad that you're here today. Take your Bible, please. Turn with me to Luke chapter number 7. I'm going to pick up where we left off yesterday. In fact, we get to a passage today that, I don't know, a part of me wants to say, I wish this wasn't in the Bible. You know, I, you know, I, want, I want everybody's faith to be, to be perfect. You know, I want, it to be, I want it to be just right. I want it to be exactly what that person needs in that moment. You know, so I, I, I kind of, on, on one hand, I hate to see some of the heroes of the faith struggle like that. On the other hand, I sure am glad passages of Scripture just like this, just like this one are in here today, because people that are strong in their faith, I see that they struggle. You know, do you ever get down on yourself because you feel like maybe, you know, maybe you should be stronger. You should have known better. You should, have, you should have believed, you know, you, you should have had more faith. There's a, there comes a disappointment even in yourself because you're just not as strong as you think that you should be in that moment. I, I think everybody comes to a point of struggle along those ways, and, and I know sometimes that is doubt that has crept in. In fact, that's what we're going to see today is the dangers that are there. So there's a part of me that that likes that this passage is here because it lets me know that I don't struggle all by myself. And in fact, Jesus identifies it. He doesn't condemn that doubt. Instead, He gives us, and He gives in this case John, some real keys about how to handle those times of doubt. Now, don't leave today saying that Tim has minimized doubt. That's not what I'm saying at all. Doubt is dangerous. Doubt is horrific. Doubt will put you down before you know it, before you even know that you're in the fight good, you know? What is, the, what is the, one of those very first tools that the devil used against Eve in the Garden of Eden? Slithers up to her, says, look at that fruit, you know? And then says, did God really say you can't eat of all these trees, you know? Did God really say that? What's he doing? He is, he is planting doubt in her mind that might lead her then to disobedience. Know this. The devil has not changed tactics drastically in all these years. It's still the way that he goes about it. He slithers up to you, whispers in your little ear, you know, did God really say, and then begins to allow you to doubt what God might say, so that it might lead you to disobedience as well. Today, I want us to look at this passage together, and there are a couple of specific truths that I want to draw out as we look at it. If you will, pick up with me in verse number 17. Luke chapter 7, 
verse 17. The Bible says, this report about Jesus went out. So, so first, what, what is this report? What's he talking about? I think it's going back to exactly where we were last week. In fact, going back up just a, just a verse ahead in verse number 16, when the Bible says that after they saw Jesus raise this boy from the dead, you know, I mean, now everybody's talking about that. It's going out everywhere. Everybody's talking about it. Now, surely as they're talking about Jesus raising the boy from the dead, he's also talking about this miracle earlier in the chapter where he raises somebody off of their deathbed. You know, all of the things that Jesus says, all the things that Jesus does. All these reports now are going out. But I think specifically, I mean, you would be, wouldn't you? I mean, if somebody were raised from the dead, that would be the talk, right? That's what verse 17 is about. It's the talk. The report about Jesus went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. And then look at verse number 18. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. So now John gets to hear it for himself from his friends or from his followers. Verse 19, this is not what I was going to expect. Verse number 19, John calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus saying, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Are you really the Messiah or are we supposed to be expecting somebody else to come on the scene like this? Now, I said that there's a couple of things I want to share with you. The first one's this. You can count on doubt to attack. You can. I mean, you can take it to the bank. It's coming. If you've never struggled with doubt, then don't feel left out because it's still going to come. There's still going to be times where there's going to be doubt that's going to creep up in your mind and it's going to sneak up on you when you least expect it. All right? It's going to come and it's going to attack. Now, when I get to this passage today and I see this attack come, the things that blow me away, first of all, is who it happens to. You know? So when I think about doubt attacking, attacking there, there are certain things I think about that. Number one, I, I realize it can attack anyone. You know, it can attack anybody. In this particular case, we're talking about a man named John who has disciples. Now, you go through the scriptures, there's a lot of people that are named John, right? You, you may think immediately of John the Apostle. He's been walking with Jesus already. He's one of his disciples. He's the brother of James. They're the sons of Zebedee. They were fishermen who've now given up fishing that they might be uh, apostles, that they might be disciples full-time. You know, these are the, John is one of those that Jesus refers to as the sons of thunder because he says, hey, Jesus, these people ain't doing right. Why don't you send down some lightning from heaven and burn them up? You know, I mean, that's the kind of guy that we're talking about. But, but this is the one, John the, John the Apostle is the one who writes five of the New Testament books that's in your Bible, you know? So I, I kind of look at, would he really struggle with doubt? Well, I think he probably did, but this is not him. <laughs> Tim, you went through all that and that's not even him. Nope, that's not even him. It's John the Baptist. You say, Tim, are you really sure? I told him in the first service, I am absolutely 100% sure that this is John the Baptist and not John the Apostle. I would stake my life on it that it is. Look at the very next verse in verse number, uh, in verse number 20. 
When the men had come to Jesus, they said to him, John the Baptist sent us to you. So it's not that I'm really that smart. It's just, <laughs> I just read ahead a little bit. It's John the Baptist. John the Baptist is, we would say, the cousin of Jesus. John the Baptist is the forerunner of the Christ. John the Baptist is the one who, while he's baptizing, is the one who gets to point out and say, there he is. That's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I mean, John the Baptist is the one who knows that Jesus is the Messiah before anybody else knows that Jesus is the Messiah, before Jesus even says that he's the Messiah. John knows it. I mean, if there is anybody in all the Scripture who would doubt whether or not Jesus really is the Messiah or not, I'm not thinking John the Baptist is going to be one of those. I'm thinking it's going to be somebody more like me, not somebody like him. And yet it encourages somebody like me because it is somebody like him. It just reminds me that doubt can attack anyone, anyone. There's somebody who said, even a man of granite can fall prey to the terrors of doubt. It's true, isn't it? Even a man of granite, even a person who seems so strong in their faith, can still fall prey to that terrible, torturing doubt. In fact, I want, you to, I want you to hold your place right there. I have to turn my page. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But let's go to verse number 24 for a moment. Because one of the things I think is important at this point to be able to point out is the fact that Jesus doesn't condemn John the Baptist. You know, when you go through those times of doubt, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe it is just me, but... When I go through those seasons of doubt or times of doubt when I know that I'm not trusting the Lord the way I'm supposed to, I mean, I feel, I feel terrible, I feel guilty, and I almost feel like God ought to say, Tim, that's enough. You know, I've put up with you long enough. I just, you know, just, just get rid of me, you know. But he doesn't do that to you, does he? He doesn't even do it to John the Baptist. He doesn't do that to him. He doesn't kick him out of the family. He doesn't kick him out of Christianity or out of the church. It's a realization that this is a part of what we deal with as we live in a sinful world as born-again people. We will struggle with these kinds of things. And yet Jesus gives us tools to combat that, and we'll get to that one in just a moment. I want you to see what Jesus has to say about John. All right? I think it's important that you see really who it is that we're dealing with. Look at verse number 24. When the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. And he asked them this question. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? In other words, remember John always did his ministry, it seems like, down there at the, at the Jordan River, down there, at the, in, out there in the wilderness. You know, he's out there roughing it, so to speak. So what did you go out there to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What's he talking about? He's talking about, did you out there to see a preacher who preaches according to the poles? Did you look for somebody who is so weak who is so spineless that he waits to hear what everybody else thinks, what the latest political poll is, what the latest popular trend is, and he, and he twists his message that way so that it fits the audience that he's talking to. Is that who you went out there to see? The answer obviously is no. So we ask him another question in verse 25. But what did you go out there to see? 
a man clothed in soft garments? What's he talking about? We know that uh, John the Baptist, like, uh, like Elijah, wore that camel's hair, you know, uh, just a, sort of a man's man out there, not wearing soft garments. What's he talking about? He's talking about a person who gets rich off the backs of his audience. In other words, a prophet with a PH going after prophet with an F. You know, it's somebody who wants to make his living off of being able to teach or to preach, be a speaker, those kinds of things. Somebody who wants to get rich doing that. Somebody who's in it for what he can get out of it. That's the kind of person that doesn't go out to the wilderness. That's not the kind of person that goes down to the riverside. That's the person that goes to the civic center. That's the kind of person that goes uh, to the springer. That's the kind of person that goes um, uh, to, uh, what's, the, what's the other little river, whatever theater that we got downtown, I'm pulling a blank. Uh, that's the kind of person, he says here, who, who appears in king's courts. In other words, he wants to sell out the best venues He wants to be in the best places. He doesn't want to go and simply speak to the person, uh, the normal, regular person, simply about truth. He wants the audience. It's the person that Sean and I heard about this week who said, boy, I'm so glad now I get to play for a bigger audience. I want to tell you something. God's not terribly interested in that. You know? So look at what he says. Look at verse 26. He says, what did you go out there to see? If you didn't go out there to see somebody who's simply popular, if you didn't go out there to see somebody who is wealthy, what did you go out there to see? He says, was it a prophet? And he answers his own question, yes. Yes, a prophet. But he says, I say to you, he was more than a prophet. In fact, look, he is the subject of prophecy. Look at verse 27. This is he, John the Baptist, Is he of whom it is written, in the book of Malachi, by the way, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, before Messiah's face, who will prepare your way before you. That's John the Baptist. He's the forerunner. 400 years before John was ever even born, God already has him in mind, already has placed him in Scripture, and is ready for his appearance. That's John the Baptist. What an incredible man. In fact, we could look at it and say, he was an incredible man. But look at what Jesus says about him. Jesus' opinion is greater than my opinion, isn't it? All the time. Verse number 28, Jesus said, For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Isn't that amazing? There is nobody greater than John the Baptist, he said. Now, if you recall, at the very first of this, we talked about in verse number 17, him said the report of him, this report went out concerning Jesus, you know, to everywhere. That report in verse number 16 began with some people leaving it short. Remember that from last week? When they said, a great prophet has arisen among us. Jesus was a prophet for sure. You just have to go further than that. Did you hear what Jesus just said? Among those born of women, that's John the Baptist, right? It's you. 
right? It's Jesus. He's born of women. And yet Jesus said, of all those who are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Don't stop at prophet with Jesus. John is great. And and Jesus' estimation of John the Baptist does not go down because, because John the Baptist is struggling with doubt. Suddenly, because you have this terrible experience or something happens, and suddenly you, you begin to doubt who God is, you doubt God's Word, you, you, just, you just are in a point of struggle. Your value to God is not diminished. You're not less of who you are. He doesn't suddenly think less of you. In the same way that he says that about John the Baptist. But do notice this. Jesus isn't through with his estimation among those born of women. There's not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But, okay, he finishes verse 28. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. Why is, why is little Johnny and little Susie, little elementary kids who've come up to Jesus and they've been following him around, they've seen some of these things, they've heard some of these things, and suddenly they believe How is it possible that little Johnny and little Susie are greater than John the Baptist? Because they just just believe, right? It's not complicated. They just believe. Doubt is dangerous because it gets at the very core of what you believe. What you believe about Jesus is more important than anything else that you believe. Because if he is not who he claims to be, then nothing else matters. And if he is who he claims to be, (laughs) then nothing else matters. Right? Doubt. It can attack anyone. Number two, it can attack any time. It can attack any time. It does not send you a save-the-date card, you know? It does not ring the doorbell or knock on the door and announce that it's coming before it attacks. It just attacks, you know? It's just there. Suddenly, you weren't expecting it, and now there it is, you know? Suddenly, now I'm I'm down in the dumps, and I'm down where, where, you know, I'm, I'm down in my spirit. Let's go back to verse 17 for a moment. So the gospel... These reports about Jesus, man, they're on the upswing. Things really could not be better. Jesus is healing people. He's raising people from the dead. The reports about him are going everywhere. Multitudes are following him. Some are believing in him. I mean, it is fantastic. It doesn't get any better than this kind of thing, you know? Doubt can attack when things are on the upswing. Things can attack when things are going well. Sometimes we don't nearly put as much focus on the Lord when things are going well as we do when things are going bad, do we? You know, you wonder sometimes, why do these bad things happen to me? Sometimes it's to get your attention. Get your attention back where it needs to be, you know? But now that's for Jesus, for those followers. For John the Baptist, John's in the twilight of ministry. I mean, it's still good. Ministry's still good. He's still having great impact. There's still people that are following him. There's not nearly as many people following John the Baptist as used to be. There, there are people that are just like uh, Philip and Andrew, who they heard, they heard John the Baptist say, 
That's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. They left John the Baptist. They went following Jesus. Now, I mean, in, 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 in all fairness, that's, that's good. You know, John the Baptist is being effective in his ministry because he's, he's, getting, he is, he's helping people to follow Jesus, not just simply to follow him. So that's, that's a plus, but still hard to look at, isn't it? Diminishing crowds are difficult to swallow. That's, at least ministry-wise, that's kind of where he is. Know this, that when you are emotionally down, when you are spiritually down, you're vulnerable. That's when doubt attacks more often than not. Yep, it can attack any time, but just know that there are certain times where the atmosphere is better for that to happen. That's why the Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. You don't know when it's going to attack, so be on your guard. Guard your heart with everything that you've got. All right, we'll get back into some of that in just a minute. There's a third thing I want you to see when it comes to doubt and its attack. It can attack anyone. It can attack any time. It can attack anywhere. Anywhere. Doesn't matter where you are. It could have, it could have happened while he was down there at the, at the, uh, at the riverside. He could, have atta- he could have been attacked when, you know, if he was at the king's palace. He could be anywhere, anytime, any, anywhere. All right? Now, one of the things that Luke doesn't tell us, but that Matthew's gospel does tell us as he tells this same exact story, he tells us where John the Baptist is. You see, because I look through Luke, and, and one of the first questions that I have is, it says the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. I mean, we're talking about John the Baptist. I mean, why didn't he know already? I mean, if, I, if I've got a spiritual question and I can't find Jesus, I'm going to go find John the Baptist. And if anybody knows spiritually or church what's going on, John the Baptist ought to know, and he didn't know. Why didn't he know? And then, and then in verse number 19, where it says that he calls two of his disciples to him and sends them to Jesus. I mean, if they are what we would call cousins, I mean, why didn't he just go look at him eye to eye and say, cuz, is you <laughs> or ain't you? You know, are you the one or are you not the one? Why didn't he just ask? It's because of where he is. Matthew's gospel tells us that Matthew, Matthew, Matthew's gospel tells us that John is in prison. That's why he's not going himself. That's why he hadn't heard about all the things that Jesus had done necessarily. He's in jail. Listen, now if there's anywhere that I can think of on the face of this earth that doubt can attack, I would expect jail to be one of those good places, right? But there's a lot of good places, you know, no matter where you are. Doubt can attack that place. So be ready. Guard your heart with all diligence. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim shares a conclusion to the message from Luke chapter 7, verses 17 through 30, The Danger of Doubt. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David.
Podcast.